I'd like us to consider this evening Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. The wise man listens that he might increase in the knowledge of God. A Christian is a learner. The very word disciple means one who learns. The true Christian should be constantly desiring to grow and to know more of God's word. He should be delighting to sit under the ministry of the word that he might mature in his understanding. The wise man never thinks that he has arrived in his spiritual knowledge. The prayers of the Apostle Paul for the saints help us to realise the importance of maturing in our knowledge of God's Word. For example, in Colossians 1, And verse 9, Paul says this, regarding the Colossians, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is how Paul prayed for the believers, that they might grow and mature. And it is also how we should pray for ourselves, that we might be so filled with the knowledge of God's will that in practice, we become ever holier people. Similarly, writing to the Philippians. Philippians 1 verse 9. Paul says, This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offence, to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Again, let us note that Christian maturity is inextricably linked with personal obedience and holiness. And so we should not think of Christian maturity simply in terms of acquiring greater doctrinal knowledge. If the doctrinal knowledge does not result 
in more holiness, then what value is it? A wise man will increase his learning of God's word in order that he may become more obedient. This is how we should view Christian maturity. Becoming ever holier. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, says Solomon here in this fifth verse. Now, the Hebrew word translated understanding there carries the connotation of applying the mind and being attentive. So it is the man who lets himself be informed and who is attentive to God's word and to the voice of the Holy Spirit within him, who shall attain unto wise counsels. By wise counsels, Solomon means right directions for living. The Christian then, who loves to hear the scriptures expanded, and to learn from them, will become maturer in his conduct. He will become more holy. That is the goal. Not simply the accumulation of knowledge for its own sake. So we need to grow in the knowledge of God's word that we might be holier. And this is brought out strongly in Psalm 119. For example, Psalm 119 verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You see the purpose for learning from God's word. That I might not sin against thee. It is then the mark of the true believer that he is hungering to know more of God's word. You see, the true believer doesn't need carrots to make him attend a place of worship. He doesn't need worldly entertainment to allure him in. The Holy Spirit will be giving him a desire to know more of God's word. Now the casual professing Christian who is indifferent about increasing in understanding is on a slippery slope and could suddenly have an awful fall. Solomon, who wrote most of the book of Proverbs, knew from personal experience how carelessness could lead to great 
spiritual detention. But thankfully he was restored and returned to the application of mind which characterised the beginning of his reign as king and the infinite blessings which he enjoyed as he hungered to know more of God's truth. Why was Solomon such a great king? So that other monarchs from around the world were full of admiration for him and wanted to come and visit him and see what his secret was. Well, let us remind ourselves of what happened at the beginning of Solomon's reign. 1 Kings 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. Solomon said, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And then verse 9, Solomon asks, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And so we see there how Solomon got his priorities right and put an increased knowledge of God's word and will above all his immediate earthly concerns. A maturity beyond his years to govern the people wisely was Solomon's request to God. God granted that request. And because Solomon had made such a request, the Lord also chose to bless him with things that he had not asked for including much material prosperity. And so we, like Solomon, must pray for an increasing knowledge of God's word. Even asking him each morning, Lord, make me wise this day. And we must seriously apply our minds to knowing God's will in every circumstance. We are told in this fifth verse, a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, the right directions for living. Now the phrase man of understanding includes the man who humbly seeks to understand the ways of the Lord. No one just suddenly becomes a man of understanding. All need a mental transformation in the power of the Holy Spirit 
to become men of understanding. Now, Paul speaks of this in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so Christians, as they mature, must undergo a process of mental transformation. We are living in a fallen world. Before our conversions, we walked according to this world. And so we now need to have our minds renewed. We need to be re-educated in the ways of God. And sadly, we live in an age when many within the churches are doing the exact opposite. They are re-educating themselves in the ways of the world. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16, Paul says this, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Who is so wise that they can instruct God? No one. However, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And so the believer is in receipt of a special wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit conforming his mind more and more to Christ's own mind. In contrast, the non-believer, devoid of the Holy Spirit, is utterly unable even begin to begin to question the Word of God. Now, non-believers frequently do question the Word of God. They say, they say to us, how can you possibly believe that? But actually, the non-believer is totally unqualified to make any judgments about spiritual things at all. The unbeliever possesses a complete spiritual incompetence. Paul has taught this earlier on in 1 Corinthians 2. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The non-believer, for all his worldly sophistication, has a mind which is blinded by Satan. And that is why, for example... When we were preaching in Uxbridge on Friday, a very well-educated young lady uh, came up to us and said what we were saying was all wrong. We had no right to say it. 
And when we pointed out the sinfulness of abortion, their worldly wisdom told us that we were totally in the wrong and even had no right to speak upon the subject. But they are the ones, according to Scripture, who have no right even to comment upon spiritual matters. They are completely devoid of understanding. They cannot understand the things of God except by God's revelation. Now, in contrast to this, the born-again believer, whatever his intellectual achievements generally, has a wisdom of which the world knows nothing. So a born-again believer without any formal education has more wisdom than a university professor who is unconverted. In Philippians 2 and verse 5, Paul says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is causing the maturing Christian to think as Christ himself thinks. What a privilege that is, to think as Christ thinks. That is the scale of our transformation from what we used to be in our unconverted state. And so the Christian life is the process of being transformed into Christ's own image. And this is not an easy process. It's something we have to work out. It involves constantly examining how we are walking in the Christian life. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Examine your work. Ephesians 5, 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise. As the Holy Spirit applies the written word to our minds, we should be thinking through the implications of our conduct. Now what a glorious gift is the human mind. And when people in all their worldly sophistication come up to us and say evolution has disproved the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. We need to realise that those people are blinded by Satan himself. They do not understand what God has done because their mind is darkened. And they are using their intellectual powers to serve Satan rather than God. And when they come up and say evolution is true, it might be a good idea just to uh, ask them what ape ever wrote a symphony. 
ever produced a beautiful oil painting. And so we see that the world does not understand the things of God because they have a complete spiritual incapacity. But as born-again believers, we begin to appreciate how wonderful is the human mind. It is infinitely superior to any computer that has been produced or will be produced. The human mind is an aspect of our being made in the image of God. Our minds, as being made in that image, make us superior to all other creatures. Now again, that goes against the grain of so much contemporary thinking, which reduces mankind to just one of the creatures. But we are infinitely above the rest of the creation and God has given us dominion over the rest of creation. Whereas the green ecological movement says that we are just part of the creation and must bow down to Mother Earth. But no, God has given us dominion over the creation. Now, we use our minds to apply ourselves to living to the glory of God. God has made us morally responsible agents, using our minds to consider our ways before God. Again, this is totally different to contemporary fashionable thinking. People do not think in terms of responsibility before their maker. They rather think in terms of, well, if it's right for me, it must be right. That's their morality. If it's right for me, it must be right. And so God has given us these wonderful minds which we have to educate and nurture to his glory. And that is why it is so sinful to damage the mind's normal functioning by means of alcohol or drugs or indeed by seeking any other kind of ecstatic out-of-mind experience. We have this wonderful mind. We, we don't need to go out of it in order to reach a higher truth. And again, let us remind ourselves of our privilege as born-again Christians. We have the mind of Christ. Now, this emphasis upon the mind has nothing to do with being intellectual people. Some people are intellectuals, others are not. But we are speaking here about what every Christian must be doing. Namely, applying his or her mind to an increasing Christian maturity. 
So that means we must be thinking through our faith. The mind was very much part of our conversion experience. Because to repent of sin and to believe in Christ are a response to the objective facts of the gospel. Namely, the sinfulness of man and the righteousness of God. We must be wary of any form of Christian practice which sidelines the use of the mind and overemphasizes the emotions. Now, of course, we have God-given emotions. Of course, there is a place, a very legitimate place for emotion in our Christian experience. But only when the word of God, applied by the Holy Spirit, is at the same time sanctifying our understandings. An emotional experience, apart from the solid truth of God's word, is not legitimate in terms of Christian maturity. It's amazing the emphasis upon the mind in the New Testament. Let us look at another example. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. So there we see that mental application and sober-mindedness, mental alertness, are essential for holiness. Gird up the loins of your mind, says Peter, that ye might be obedient children. So we have to apply our minds to being holy. We have to think through the Christian faith. So when the world comes at us with all these clever arguments about why we should abandon biblical morality, especially in respect of the LGBT movement, we need to think through why we believe what we believe. We have to be thinking through right conduct. And scripture uses the word sober to indicate the need to be, spiritually speaking, the opposite of being drunk. The need to be mentally alert in the things of God. We need to be so alert that we can perceive a false teaching coming into the churches. 
and reject it. Because Satan is very clever. Satan wants us all to become worshippers of planet Earth. He wants us to focus on saving the planet rather than saving souls. And many professing Christians have succumbed to this false message. We need to be mentally alert. There can be no Christian maturity without this mental alertness. Carefully examining ourselves that we are walking to the glory of God. Our Lord taught in Luke 21 and verse 34. He said this, take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And so the Lord there is calling his disciples to mental alertness. Watch. Be on your guard. Take heed to yourselves. We must have diligent application of mind to ongoing obedience and to the maintenance of biblical truth. Because Satan is always at work to deny that truth and corrupt it. We must not allow the truth of Scripture to be corrupted by the prevailing fashions of our time, which are constantly being pumped into our minds through the media. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the final judgment may occur at any time. And so we must be ready. And that means mental application. Careless Christians who neglect prayer, fellowship and the study of God's word can so easily fall. The day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Therefore, says Paul, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Let us watch and be sober. So, the word sober, again, remember, means mental alertness. The wise man is he who attentively uses his mind to know God's truth so as to be ready for imminent judgment. The man who applies his mind, and this is what we are being taught here, 
to know God's word will be blessed with a deeper understanding of it. This is brought out in verse 6. Proverbs 1 verse 6. To understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Now this verse is a continuation of the sentence in the previous verse. And so to get the flow, let us just go back to verse 5. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand the proverb and the interpretation. Now, here we see that God's wisdom is not always immediately discernible. There are matters concerning the Christian faith which are deep and mysterious and profound. And it is inevitable that we should find some concepts more difficult than others. Because we are mere creatures and we are fallen creatures at that. We shall only understand some things, some aspects of God's truth, as we attain greater maturity. Isaiah 55, verse 9. Isaiah 55, verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. So God's ways are infinitely higher than our ways. And as we have already mentioned, the natural man is incapable of discerning spiritual truth at all, other than through the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit. As we have mentioned, as born-again believers, we know that some portions of Scripture are more easy to understand than others. The more we seek to mature in the faith, the more we shall understand the deep things of God. But the question is, is that our desire? We must not be content with standing still. We must have this desire to know more and more of God's word. In 2 Peter 3, in verse 15, uh, Peter, referring to the epistles of Paul, says this, 2 Peter 3, 15, As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led astray with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So there... 
Peter is warning believers that they must apply their minds to the truths of God's word so that they are not led astray. It is possible for believers to be led astray by deceptive, subtle teaching. Peter goes on to exhort the believers, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So we must be constantly growing in knowledge. We must acquire the wisdom and sober-mindedness rightly to understand the more difficult parts of Scripture. Imagine we were witnessing in the street um, a sceptic, uh, a well-trained atheist comes up to us and points out a certain part of Scripture and we have not got a clue what it means. It's not a good witness, is it? We need to know the Word of God. We need to mature. And no one can opt out of the need to grow in wisdom by saying something like, oh, I'm just a simple Christian. If we are not growing... We are deteriorating. If we are not growing, we are falling back. Writing to the Corinthians, Paul refers to the deep things of God. We are handling truths which are sublime and eternal. We should endeavour to fathom these glorious depths. Maturity is a Christian duty. Hebrews 5, verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. And so the Hebrew Christians here are being told that they are babes when they should be fully mature. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Many in the churches in the 21st century do not have the maturity to stand up to the gay rights movement and say homosexuality is a sin. They just do not know the word of God well enough to do that. And they're so frightened of the world that they won't do that. And if they knew the Bible better, they wouldn't be frightened of the world. We must become 
experienced and well practiced in the word of God. We shall never reach a stage when we shall know enough. It always amazes me personally how many parts of scripture I've never yet preached upon. There's so much more to learn. And we must keep on at the work of learning, being attentive to what God would teach us, that we might be guided aright and might mature in the faith. We must seriously apply our minds to know God's will in every circumstance. Our minds are the glory of our manhood. Our minds are what single us out from the rest of the creation. We must keep our minds alert for the glory of God. We must apply our minds to the truth of Scripture. Our minds must be saturated with the truth of God's Word. And this is essential for the attainment of holiness. We're not talking about acquiring intellectual information. We are talking about becoming holier people. We need to be attentive, thoughtful, sober-minded because our Lord's return in judgment may occur at any time. The wise man is the one who applies his mind that he might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If a young child stopped growing, it would be cause for great concern. If we are not growing as children of God, then we are in serious trouble. We should all be further on, better versed in scripture and more practiced in obedience than we were one year ago, five years ago or ten years ago. So let us apply our minds with the utmost diligence that we might truly mature in the faith of Christ. For as Solomon tells us here, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. And so may we be those who are constantly increasing in the precious knowledge of the word of God. Amen. Let us turn to the book of Psalms once more and to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And let us say together the first 16 verses of this psalm, verses 1 to 16. Would you please stand?
Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. O oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have received in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Amen. Shall we now pray together the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.